values, and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. You know, Suns tickets are still the hottest ticket in town, and we are going to get three people registered on Wednesday. Someone is going to get to go see the Suns versus the Denver Nuggets. If you want to get registered and maybe hear your name called in the 7 a.m. hour, the 11 a.m. hour, or the 4 p.m. hour, just text the word TICKET to 411-923 to get registered. Do it right now. That's TICKET to 411-923. So over 90% of Americans, uh, both Democrats, Republicans, I shouldn't say both. How about all three? Democrats, Republicans and independents blame the federal government for the issue that is our border crisis. And uh, there are big issues at the border. We understand that. Um, And it is the conversation devolves into so many different directions based on your beliefs. But I don't know of anybody that can look at what's happening at the border now and say it's a good thing. It isn't. So there are those things that this would be solved if the borders were open and people would just come and go as they please. There are others that believe that the border needs to be absolutely secured and I would say to you, it all starts with border security. None of the laws or laws that we create matter unless we have real enforcement and security. I think that's first and foremost. I think a sovereign nation has to have borders. There are those that disagree with that. There are those that believe we should focus on the drugs that are being brought in and the crime. But as far as people crossing, people should be able to come to America as they please. I don't subscribe to that. I think there has to be intentional growth in every area. We should have a better immigration system. And I wish every conversation would start there. I believe that the United States should be proud of its immigration system, and we're not, nor should we be of the one we have. The system of immigration in this country is an embarrassment. We are, the, we are a nation seen by the world as the world's last best hope. The American dream is alive in other parts of the world. You can see what people risk to come here. But that doesn't mean that they should be doing it the wrong way, and they absolutely are doing it the wrong way right now. And so we should be fixing this problem. As Americans, we should be embarrassed. We have been blessed by having a country that is so great that people from all over the world want to come here to be a part of it. And instead of us having a system in place that Americans can be proud of, we have got a system right now that is horrifying. What is happening at the is is horrifying. Um, I want you to hear um, the El Paso mayor is talking about people that are arriving here anticipating the end of Title 42 and that they're coming here under false pretenses. They've come in really with a false pretense that there will be open borders starting on May 11th and anyone that's already in the United States will no longer be required to have proper documentation and that is an untrue statement. One of the things that has been a deterrent has been when people find out that they are turned around and sent back across the border and when they are flown back sometimes into their own country. So people are risking their lives. They are borrowing money or spending every penny they have and then some to make a dangerous journey to the U.S. Well, once they return to their countries, they're finding out the journey is not as easy as they're being told by the cartels. And when they're being told you cannot stay and they're turned right back around and sent back, that's where word spreads to the people in their home countries. Not what we're seeing here where people are brought in. There's a 10-year waiting list for asylum, which means people that are declaring that, that you know, that themselves for asylum are given a wait of sometimes up to 10 years before they get a court date. That's incentivizing people to come. 
Again, I am in favor of an overhaul of the immigration system, and I think many Americans are. I think if we had a very robust guest worker program, we could solve a lot of our job problems here. We would also be motivating a lot of Americans to get back to work. Right now, it doesn't seem like there are some of these jobs Americans don't want to do, and they don't feel like they need to. And one of the things that Americans have been known for, at least in my lifetime, has been our work ethic. And I would say if there's a couple of things that you need to give your children, number one is in basic education, that they have to be able to read and write. They have to be able to perform math skills. They have to be able to navigate the, the real world. Give them that. But the other thing is to give them a work ethic. All I ever did to be successful in any job I've ever had is show up and work hard. Do what you're asked. Work hard. That was key to my success in, in, in construction. My bosses didn't have to worry about me. I, it's as simple as that. Give me a job to do, and you can count on it being done. That's it. And when you do that in a world when and now more than ever is filled with people that are self-serving, that will give you the day's work that they believe you're paying them for, I was the opposite. I said, I'm going to work as hard as I can because at the end of it, I'm going to come to you and say, now you see what I'm doing for you. I want more money. And if you don't give me more money, I'm going to – I've built a reputation. I'll go find more money somewhere else. And, and that's worked for me. And I've never had to jump around from job to job. My bosses always took care of me. I'm not spectacular. By the way, I, I believe the only thing I have working for me that was more than average was my work ethic. The fact that I promised if I took a job, I'd work hard at it. And I kept my word. Um, I am painfully average in every other way, including this career. But if, if you could instill in your children now that this is a time that people are seeing as a dark time for our economy, um, this border crisis, we've got people that are starving to work. Why wouldn't we bring them in and let them work? And that's my big issue with all of this is that we could alleviate a lot of these problems if the members of Congress would get off their butts and do something. We're all upset on both sides of the political aisle. So why aren't we joining hands? I mean this honestly. I know there are people that listen to this show that completely disagree with me on almost everything. And I appreciate them listening more than anything else because it's not always fun or easy to listen to someone you disagree with. But why aren't we joining hands? Why isn't it Republicans, independents, and Democrats joining hands to have a healthy suspicion and hold a high level of accountability to the people we elect to office? I mean all of the people we elect to office. The Congress understands this problem at the border, and yet they won't work together, partially because the political party's base won't let them work together. But if the electorate were to change a little bit, if more independent voters were choosing who is in and who is out, they would have to start listening to your voices as well. This border crisis could be fixed if we held them all accountable, if no Democrat felt safe, if no Republican felt safe because they weren't getting anything done, they would get something done. And yet we fight back and forth with political parties. Anybody that dare on the Democratic side that dares to work with a Republican is out and vice versa. And look what we get. This is what we get. Dysfunction. Dysfunction. We do a segment at 1120 every day called Did You Hear This? We're going to get to it coming up here in just a moment. Straight. 
strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, it was a pretty busy news weekend. Let's get you caught up on all the headlines. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? Broomhead's reaction to the hottest news stories. There is a manhunt for a suspect in a shooting at a rural Texas home that left five people dead over the weekend. Governor Greg Abbott says he's familiar. He's a familiar face to law enforcement. A gunman who had been deported from the United States four times and is back illegal. kill five. Now is on the run. How do we let situations like this occur? I think this is uh, this is an indication of how bad the system is in some ways. Um, when you have someone, this is like a repeat offender in any other crime. We see this, the revolving door of the criminal justice system is frustrating. When you have someone that's been arrested multiple times for crimes big and small, sometimes they're just property crimes, but violent criminals that are in and out of the system so many times, it makes victims feel even worse when they realize that they've been victimized by someone that shouldn't be on the streets in the first place. Well, the same thing here. This is a situation where this person has been deported a number of times from our country, and it points out to the bigger problem, which is safety of our people matters. And I know for some are saying, well, this is an anomaly. Well, it might be, but these people might very well be alive if our system worked better. And that is why it needs to be fixed and Americans need to feel safe. Title 42 will expire on May 11th, and El Paso Mayor Oscar Leeser says migrants might not understand what our border laws are when they make the change. They've come in really with a false pretense that there will be open borders starting on May 11th, and anyone that's already in the United States will no longer be required to have proper documentation, and that is an untrue statement. Why aren't they aware of the changes? Yeah, that's it. they're not aware of the changes because they don't know our laws. How many of the, how many laws? In other countries are we aware of, especially their immigration laws. We're not. What's happening is we understand the cartels who have no concern whatsoever for the safety of any of these people are just interested in the money. So when they are selling these things to the people saying, hey, spend your money with us and we'll get you to the border. Once you're at the border, it's easy to get in. They're being told it takes a day to walk across the border when it takes five. People are going to die. People are going to become very, very sick. People will be preyed upon. But what we need to be doing as a country country is sending the right message when we're sending people back that are telling the story that say hey listen i made the journey and when i got there i was turned away that's how you take away the incentives not what we're doing right now we need better enforcement and that will tell the truth when people are sent back you're listening to Did You Hear This? We do it every day at 1120 to catch you up on the big headlines. President Biden addressed the collapse of First Republic Bank and wants lawmakers to do more to prevent future financial institutional failures. I've called on Congress to give regulators the tools to hold bank executives accountable. And I've called on regulators to strengthen regulations and supervision of large and regional banks. Do we need more regulations to prevent future collapses? Here's the odd thing about these decisions that are being made by this uh, and statements are being made by the administration. This is the same administration that's implementing rules through Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac that say people with better credit and bigger down payments will be paying more so that they can pay for the loans that will be given to people that are a higher credit risk. This is the federal government doing what they're saying they want to stop in the private banks. If you think about that, it is 
is when you invest money, when you have money in a bank or when you invest, you anticipate that they're going to make wise investments with your money to keep that bank solvent and afloat. And that's not what's happening. So the president is saying those banks need to be more regulated. At the very same time, this administration is implementing borrowing policies that are as risky as the thing these banks are doing. And no one seems to hold any of them accountable. President and CEO of Helios Education Foundation, Paul Luna, joined you this morning to discuss Arizona Decision Day and how post-high school education is beneficial for students and our state. Ensuring that we have that educated workforce will be what really attracts the types of industries and jobs that we want to have in our state. And more and more of the jobs of the future will require some type of post-secondary education. Do we as a nation need a wide effort to lower college tuition that is available to those who want it? Yeah, I think, you know, there's a lot of ways that that can be done. ASU has done a great job of diversifying what they do and becoming more innovative, and they're known for that across the world. But the expense has gone up dramatically, and I don't know what the answer is because I'm not an education expert, but I can tell you this. If families cannot afford a college education for their smart children, we are wasting a lot of talent. Now, there are other options for people that can go and get a certificate to work in an industry. They could take the path I did in construction, which is a very good industry as well, but in the end, for people that want to go to college that are priced out of college or they're delaying it years so they can save money, it hurts the entire economy. What can we do so that in-state tuition is truly affordable to our students in-state? I think there needs to be a bigger study on that and how we can drive down costs instead of limiting the increase. Great job, Julia, as always. It is, it's interesting, that topic, because um, for a lot of people, I wasn't going to go to college because I wanted to go to work, but I was someone, again, we were, I think we were poor enough at the time, I probably could have gone on grants. Um, but for anybody out there that's trying to pay their way through college because it's necessary for the career they want to be in, it's tough. It's a tough choice because you are saddling yourself with debt, and then you have to worry about how you're going to pay that debt off while you're saving money to buy a house, you start a family. Um, but but higher education is giving people an opportunity at more money. The, the studies show that. How do we keep costs affordable? And right now, I don't know how affordable they are. There are tuition increases coming. Uh, what we're going to do in a couple of moments is shift back to the economy. We started with gas prices earlier. We've been talking quite a bit about that. But let's talk about the economy of Arizona, the need for people to fill jobs that are here in the state, and what we're going to do to keep our economy rolling in the right direction. We'll talk about it next. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. You know, we uh, we talk about the economy and the way things are trending. And um, it's all about opportunity. That doesn't mean you can't be successful. There are a lot of people that are successful in a down economy. I know I have friends who were very smart that made some money. They had money set aside. When the market, the housing market crashed in 08, 09, I have friends who went out and bought, paid cash and bought homes way under what they were valued at because of that crash. So we know that people that are prepared when things happen can be successful when other people aren't. But the climate in general and what kind of an atmosphere is available to people in Arizona, we have made it an atmosphere that is positive toward the entrepreneur. And I think that's what's led to our good economy. Um, 
That doesn't mean that everyone's going to be successful. I think that that's part of – I think failing is a part of your success. When I was in money trouble, when the economy crashed and I lost my business um, – I thank God for some of the friends I had. I talked about my friend Bruce quite a bit. He owns a framing and drywall company who kind of mentored me through that period of time, explaining to me that I know this feels overwhelming because he had gone through it. He came through on the other side and learned valuable lessons. So when it happened in 08, 09, he was financially prepared. I wasn't. But I learned a lot of valuable lessons, and I've told a story here about paying my bills. Um being in a place where I am able to pay my bills, I this sounds this is going to sound crazy to a lot of people. I enjoy paying my bills uh, because I'm able to. I know what it's like to not. I know what it's like to check your bank account every single day to make sure you're not overdrawn that you can actually eat. Uh, there was a time when I was so far in debt that I never thought I would ever 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 be able to climb out of that debt. And so being able to pay my bills, I know it, I'm not even talking about putting. Putting money away and becoming wealthy, being able to pay your bills comfortably is a big deal to me. But I learned a valuable lesson in the failure of that company, valuable lesson. Um, when it comes to our economy, are we putting people in a position, best position to succeed? Are we giving people the best opportunity at success? That for me is the biggest issue because not everybody's going to succeed, but are we giving them the best opportunity? And I don't know the I don't know that the answer to that is yes. Arizona seems to have done a very good job with people that are entrepreneurs and people that have you know licenses. I talked about this earlier. We have a website if you're going to start a business. The state of Arizona has a website that you can go to and it's kind of a checklist of all the things you have to do to start a business so you don't miss anything. They kind of simplify the process for you. I think that's a great idea. The licensing changes we've made here, the regulatory changes we've made here, I think the tax base change for sure has helped us. We are giving businesses big and small, individuals, entrepreneurs, giving them an opportunity at success. It doesn't guarantee it, but it's a better opportunity and a better climate for them. As we watch banks Collapse. And we just talked about this earlier. As we watch banks collapse, we are going to see stiffer regulation, harder to get money, and entrepreneurs are going to have to look for other resources to get the financing they need for their great ideas. That is not a climate for great success. That doesn't mean people won't succeed. It's just not the, the optimum client, uh, climate for it. I talked about the contradiction in the White House as the White House is, is uh, scolding banks for their loose way of loaning money and becoming financially weak and having banks uh, closed down or being bought out by someone else and taken over by the federal government. I'm not condemning regulation. But when you have the very same White House, when it comes to loaning money, changing the rules so that if you have very good credit or you put down large down payments, it's going to cost you more than it does for for people that don't have good credit, you are you are setting up a system to fail. You, and you are count you are contradicting what you're saying about other banks. That doesn't mean that we don't want people to be able to buy homes. That's crazy. I want as many people to have the American dream. But there is something about that achievement. It is that you have achieved it. It is not easy to do. It is difficult to be that disciplined, to put the money aside for a down payment, to have the credit score necessary to qualify for that loan. It is not easy, and it shouldn't be. And for anybody out there that's ever achieved something that was difficult, you understand you like that high standard. It's interesting. Go and talk to a Marine. 
When you talk to a Marine about the difficulty of graduating from Marine Corps boot camp, they want that standard to remain high. Now, for the new recruits going in, it is a rough hill to climb. But once they climb it, once they get to the top, once they have graduated and they get that Eagle Globe and Anchor, they want the standard to remain high because they want it to remain the achievement that it is. You go and look at what happens, what they call BUDS training in the Navy SEALs, Basic Underwater Demolition School. Go look at what they go through in order to get the uh, insignia and to get the title of Navy SEAL, the Army Rangers, the Green Berets, uh, all the services that have special forces. The standard is set very, very high for a couple of reasons. Number one, you want only the people that can achieve the highest standard to do those kinds of jobs. But the other is that once you achieve it, you're going to make it difficult for anybody else who wants to join that fraternity. But once they have accomplished it, you're going to shake their hand and proudly stand with them saying, you've earned this. The idea that we're going to change the way we grade this equitable grading, it dumbs everything down. I'll give you another example on the positive side. One of the keys to Arizona's economy and this chip industry that's come here has been Arizona State University. ASU's engineering school has turned things around and they have become a school of such great reputation that industry wants to come here to draw from that pool. You set the standards high and you make it an accomplishment. And that doesn't mean that everyone's going to graduate. There are going to be people that drop out, but the ones that do achieve it are going to be of the highest caliber. Don't we want those jobs to be American jobs? Well, if the answer is yes, we have to start at the youngest places of all and make sure the standards remain high and that we help these kids get to those standards. And when you look at our economy, how it benefits from a climate that allows for people to succeed, that allows for them to keep more of their money when they do succeed – And we have been giving this opportunity in Arizona because my kids have opportunities for jobs. My grandkids will as well. As long as they follow a path of success, they're going to have a lot of opportunity. The economy is in Arizona is kind of an anomaly. It's very weird. We have super high inflation because of our housing shortage we, and because of our extremely high gas prices. Yet, if you look around the rest of the country, they point to Arizona as one of the places that has got the best chance of surviving a recession in a positive way. And that's because of the intentional growth we've had and the direction we've taken. And we should – the rest of the country has got to start looking at things. You name another industry, and I I don't care who it is, when it comes to music, when you've got bands that kind of blaze a trail, other people follow and say they did it for us. We wanted to be just like them. You look at what Nirvana did and the great band that they were and how many other bands came because of them. They led the way. But you look to that kind of success and you say, man, I want to be like that. Well, Arizona is one of those leaders when it comes to the business climate and the economy. And I think that we should be proud of it in Arizona. What we're going to do is shift back just a little bit because the education piece of this matters. Are we doing the best we can with education in Arizona? Are we letting our kids down? We're going to talk about that specifically coming up here in just a couple of moments.
strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, just a few minutes left before we close out the show. Thanks for joining us for part of your day. Um, school's a pretty frequent topic here. We continue to be focused, I think, on the wrong things when it comes to our kids. We fight like we're still children. And here, if you got kids in the car, I'm going to let them in on a secret that adults don't want their kids to know. We still think we're your age. Um, I see myself, I don't think I'm any smarter now than I was when I was 14. And at 14, I thought I knew everything. The only thing I've learned since then is I don't know as much as I thought I knew. And your parents are trying to figure it out. Adults, we're trying to figure it out as we go along. But we are doing a disservice to our kids, in my opinion, all of us. And, you know, we've got the Phoenix Union High School District that refuses to put school resource officers back on their campuses. If you knew, and I hope soon you will, the number of incidents that are happening in public schools when it comes to violence, guns, knives, fist fights on campus, drugs. They're finding bags of fentanyl on school campuses. These things are actually happening. So if there are students that are interested in an education, they're going they're, They've got to run a gauntlet in order to get to and from class sometimes. Now, I'm not saying that this is a horrible situation, but it certainly isn't ideal. And I think it's worse than most parents know. That's one area where we're failing our kids. The other is we continue to have these fights over social issues, which are no business of the school system. This this movement, and it is a movement, it is a political movement of trans students is absolutely absurd. The idea that we're going to talk sexuality and the morality of sexuality with kids is absurd. The idea that the schools have to protect trans kids from parents who are not open-minded is insulting and absurd. I don't care who you are. If you're an adult, you stay away from other people's children when it comes to sexuality. I'm not saying you're molesting them. I'm saying it's none of your business to talk to other people's children about sexuality. If you want to say, well, some parents don't do this. Listen, I know parents of of gay children some of them are accepting and loving of what their the decisions their their children have made and others aren't that doesn't make it the school's business especially when they're failing at the core of what they're supposed to do in Arizona we are failing miserably i want you to think about this we have got ASU is a shining star for innovative universities and what they've done with their engineering program, their school of business, the Cronkite School of Journalism. They've got some amazing schools at Arizona State University, but there are so many kids in Arizona that can't read at grade level that how are they going to get in? We are failing those kids. We have school board members that believe it's their personal mission that the trans thing has got to be a key issue in all the schools. And you've got other parents that are pushing back. Now, there's going to be good and bad in this. The good is that if a parent doesn't believe they're getting the response that's necessary, they can take their kid out of the school system, take some of the money with them, and they can use these school vouchers. As a matter of fact, one school board member in Peoria is, is telling parents. This is not the best way for your kids to be going to school. You should pull them out. Use your vouchers and go somewhere else. So the good in that for some parents is they are able to do that. The bad in it is the fight doesn't have to wage on anymore. That parents can turn their backs, take their children, and leave these school districts to do what they want. Now, will they feel the money pinch? That's going to be the big deal.
the idea, and I, I mean this for anybody out there that disagrees with me on this trans issue, I, I, I respect you, but I want you to th- name another adult. I don't care if it's a police officer. I don't care if it's a firefighter or a doctor or a nurse. We don't allow other adults, family members or otherwise. Again, my brother has three children. Um, two of them are adults now, young adults, but adults. And then he has a son. His daughters are adults. His son is in high school. And I have, I am their, I, well, I'm their only uncle, but I'm the fun uncle. And I love those kids, always have. My sister-in-law is truly like a sister to me. She is the sister I never had. I love her like a member of my own flesh and blood. Um, and my brother's a great dad. And they love the fact that I have the great relationship I have with my nieces and my nephew. If I ever decided that I was going to have any kind of a conversation about sexuality with those three, my brother and my sister-in-law would have made sure that that never happened a second time. There are things that are just none of your business, and the schools are making it their business. Now, we can fight about this all over, but what should begin and end is no other conversation should be had until the kids are reading at grade level. We are letting our kids down with this. This is my big beef with all of this. It's not about sexuality. I'm certainly not homophobic. I'm not transphobic. I'm not any of those phobics. I'm no, I have no phobias. It is about we are not giving kids a basic education until that requirement is fulfilled. Why are we wasting time on this other stuff? We are bringing in a social agenda of adults and we're using the kids as pawns to get there. And in the meantime, we are setting them up for failure. If you are a uh, social media user, this is where I give out my social media, uh, how you can find me. At Broomhead, KTAR is where you can find me personally on Twitter. At Broomhead Show updates you on what's happening on the show, guests and otherwise. If you are an Instagram user, Mike Broomhead, all one word, is where you can find me on Instagram. We'll be back tomorrow morning just after 8 o'clock. I appreciate you always spending some time with me. And until tomorrow, have a great day. God bless.